All right, here we are, episode four, Brokers MC and Smith Podcast. I am Alan MacArthur, and I get to the left of me, Professor Brian McLean. What's up, y'all? Brian McLean, broker and owner of McLean Realty. Darlene McLean. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we got our producer and comic relief editor, Harrison Smith. How you doing? Also known as Joey Bag of Donuts. Hey. And our guest today in the house, Mr. Scott Finley from Finley's Robber Shop. Welcome, Scott. Welcome, Thank Scott. Um, all right, so fresh out of Memorial Day weekend, which we thought was going to be one of the a great weekend for selling homes and mortgages and all that stuff. And I didn't get one call. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was one slow call from, from, a, from an agent and just a tremendous amount of rain. Uh, yes, yeah, so much rain. Yeah, a lot of rain. It, it rained, I think, every day. Matter of fact, the lake is up like 18 feet. That's awesome, though. <laughs> I know. We always need that rain. Well, uh, the uh, the, bar, the restaurant there, uh, Emerald Point, it, you know, it's low, real low. It was real low. And mm -hmm. now they're probably like, oh, thank God. You know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. The Because the, the Emerald Point, you can pull your boat right in. Right. And it, it was way out. Like, they had to extend the walking sidewalk. To, oh, wow. You know, um, as of two years ago, it was right there. And you could fish right off the Emerald Point. You know, but that was last summer. Yeah, or last yeah. summer, right? Yeah. Now it's coming back, and this week's supposed to rain every day, and we have softball starting on Sunday, and well, we're not gonna probably, not probably play. So, oh, well, we were victimized <laughs> by the rain with uh, our son's little league season. It was the forever season. Oh yeah, real quick, Machiavelli's in the house too. Machiavelli McClint, you don't want to say hi? He's like, nope, nope, nope. Hi. <laughs> yeah, he's a great soccer player over here. Yes, he is. He's a good athlete overall. <laughs> but uh, yes, that baseball season was lengthy. All right. So Memorial so, Day weekend, Brian. So let's talk about this. This is where my brain goes. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about how last year with COVID, it completely disrupted our normal cycle, right? right. Which is it usually picks up, um, really ignites at spring break, is hotter than ever at Memorial weekend. And then July 4th was usually our cool down period. And that was all kind of driven by the school year calendar, right? right. People uh, having the capability to buy and sell property and move while the children aren't being displaced during the school year. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously COVID completely disrupted that last year with the, with the sheltering in place and everything. But now we're, we'll, we'll call it quote unquote past COVID, although we, you know, it's still part of our lives, but we're not neck deep in a pandemic anymore. No, <laughs> Thank where, you. where my, where my thoughts go is um, all of my broker friends in Dallas, everyone in Dallas buys and sells and is effectively done by Memorial weekend. So their peak season um, basically starts in February and, and this is where they're grinding it down. And that's exactly what we saw this year. So I'm very curious if going forward is our peak season completely shifted or is this, is this really just a spillover from, from COVID? I think it's just a spillover from COVID. I think, you know, obviously Austin's huge. We're going to talk about other businesses coming here to town and schools just now letting out people are, I mean, they're, they're going to be coming here and looking. Um, Scott here just sold his house and will be, and is now looking for another one. Now does school have anything to do with that. Absolutely. I know on, close uh, of ours the family that bought our home was very they um, wanted to get in yeah they were definitely wanted to be in before, that's right before school started and with me having two teenage boys um, <laughs> they are definitely ready are they excited to be switching schools or do they want to stay at lt uh, of course they'd love to stay at lt yeah um, and if something pops up between now and that time we will jump on it right but you know as you guys know how Fox. hot the market is <laughs> I mean, well you just lost a great house you said that uh, i mean it, that's crazy it was you know we we came in what we considered very high um and then never even had an opportunity to counter yes that's, why can't he counter it's because if you know it's multiple offers going in you're supposed to put in your absolute top dollar now your your agent told you that Correct. she said you know if if it's if ten thousand is what if it's not a big deal then offer more right you know the way we were um advise which I, I i would advise um go in what you would absolutely pay for the house you know if you've got you know you don't want to lose it over ten thousand dollars or even maybe even mm -hmm. twenty thousand um so go in with a good feeling of i would feel okay with paying this um and then you know depending on financing and all, all you know how that works right um you know the scary part is this whole 
people signing these waivers on appraisals. That's right. Which, especially when you're working in areas outside of Lake Travis that I don't very, I don't know that well, you know, all the way, you know, because the home you're speaking of was actually in Spring Branch. Mm -hmm. um, great area, great community, but I don't really know it that well. So to me, when that house listed at that price, I was like, wow, like this is, in my consideration, was like, these are Lake Travis prices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was already high. And then we went in even higher than that. And I will be interested if I ever do have an opportunity to find out what it, what went, it went for. for. You will. When it closes. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm hoping that somebody's forever home. That's right. Because <laughs> it was going to be yours. <laughs> it was definitely going to be ours. Yeah. So let's, uh, we touched on two very good topics there. I think we should uh, kind of dive mm -hmm. in on them. Yeah. So first, let's talk about why he didn't get the opportunity to counter. Okay. Right. It starts with the premonition that you are absolutely not allowed to auction a home. And I say that because <laughs> when you have a multiple offer scenario, which is very standard now, um, listing agents and listing brokers have to give a singular instruction, which is usually we are in multiple offer scenario, best and final by this date. Right. And so now, like you said, we're kind of being conditioned and auto-tuned to understand that you need to bring your best and final immediately because um, what you don't know is that they may have that pie in the sky offer already on the table, right? And so, but other states, they are physically allowed to say, I have an offer for 1.1 million. Do you want to beat it? Oh, wow. We cannot do that. And we and Texas won't. can't do it. No way. So which law is that or which that's that's the way Trek is. is OK. And it's very adamant that um, and especially um, it, before COVID, multiple offer scenarios weren't very common. Right. You and if they were, maybe you had two or three offers. Right. Not 22 or 23 <laughs> offers. Right. You know? And so now I think agents are, are auto tuned to it. Buyers are conditioned to it. Um, but that's the whole premonition is that um you have to be very explicit and give a singular set of instructions um, because Shrek monitors it very closely, right? Well, we uh, joked about it this morning on the phone, uh, Scott and I. I was like, you know, was, they should have set it up like a little auction, which you just hit on. You can't. That's right. And uh, I mean, because you probably would have bid a little bit more or not. Or not. Because <laughs> you, know, you, mention... <laughs> you did mention that, but, you know, you got to worry about the taxes also. You get that you get that, you know, that monthly mortgage rate and then. Well, it's interesting to see, like, because you're looking at previous year taxes. Oh, right. Before right. before you buy and you're like, well, that ain't right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you're, I don't want to say in the guessing game of what they're going to be. But if you're a control guy like I am, you know, you don't like to be in situations that you can't control. Sure. So it's something I cannot control. Right. <laughs> and, but at the same time, I'm like, wow, like you're you know, this is going to be higher than your mortgage at one point, at some point, you know, you may get this, you know, so, you know, all those variables, right. I mean, it is such a, you know, I, you know, being in the house that I was in for 19 years, I haven't married been out in of the game. I've been out of the game for a <laughs> long time. So we are learning every single day, you know, and I feel for the real estate agents, you know, you've got this side of like, God, you guys are killing it. But at the same time, they are spread so thin. It's like, they need to all become octopuses and have eight legs. I've always <laughs> felt that way, just as a mother. <laughs> you know. Yeah, people see our price points and think that selling real estate must be more grandiose this year. And in fact, it's 10 times more challenging, especially to get buyers to the closing table. Absolutely. Um, and appraisals. Are let's, let's talk about the appraisal. Yeah. So that's, that's a very <clears throat> important um, feature, and I'm glad you brought that up. So you're right. I mean, a... It is very common now to see a a complete appraisal waiver, right? And so um, there's there's two things about that. Number one, um, appraisers, especially in February and March, were so far behind mm -hmm. because we talked about the eight percent price gain, right. right? Yeah. But those properties were closing with cash. They were um, one off, you know, and there wasn't comp data, which appraisers have to pull five comps sold comps and, and what's so, the radius on a comp well that's a very good question i sold a multifamily in the hills and the guy comped it against a duplex in hudson bend <laughs> oh, like, uh, so i'm not going to go there but anyway so it, but it actually kind of brings up a point what you what sellers don't want is that an appraiser 
um, dictating how the transaction is going to go. And so when appraisers were effectively way behind on data, um, could potentially cause a large problem. And we talked about how many properties are back on market. Right. Um, you know, you have to assume at least half of those were an appraisal problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, it, and it also is because buyers are now auto tuned to, to know that they're competing against cash and cash does not need an appraisal. So when you're trying to uh, put forth your best offer, um, you are taking that out away from yourself, but you're also capturing a tremendous amount of exposure because if you are, you know, X amount above the asking price and wherever that appraisal lands, the buyer's expected to cover that cost along with whatever their down payment is. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, those types of conversations for real estate agents and brokers are paramount, right? Like it's a simple document, check this box. But what that means is you're signing yourself up for possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars of exposure, right? Whoa. And you don't have an out. And so if that happens and you can't back out, then your choices are eat it or terminate and you lose your earnest money, right? So this is Which a big is deal. Thousands of dollars. Um, yes. And we've been putting down a substantial amount of earnest money to sweeten the deal um, for these, you know, when we present our offer. Right. So it's more than just a couple thousand dollars. It's, it's a lot of money. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Right. So does so, the earnest money go toward the, the, the final, the buy? hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So, so let's, let's kind of back up two steps. Um, talk about how residential contracts in Texas are slightly different than the rest of the country mm -hmm. and, and what we've evolved to now that we're, we're talking about. Right. So, so Texas is an option state. Okay. We have an option contract. It's very blatant. Um, a lot of states in the nation, they do not have this, right? So um, in Texas, the contract is unilateral performance on the seller mm -hmm. and buyer has the option, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the option is a negotiated amount of time for a negotiated amount of money for consideration, right? So before COVID, a very, now we're not supposed to use the word standard or what's normal, but the type of contracts that Darlene and I would write and see all day long would be a hundred to $150 and you're going to ask for six or seven days of option, right? And put 1% of earnest money, which that is held in escrow at the title company. Right. But the option goes literally directly to the seller. That's their money. Okay. So before COVID, um, as we were talking about, most sellers would get one offer at a time, maybe one or two or three, right? And, but a typical option was usually a week. That is your time to perform your due diligence on the property. Right. And then for whatever reason, whether it's the inspection report, uh, you found out there was an easement on the property or your grandma called and said she didn't want you to buy it. And you could back out <laughs> completely and, and you Come had the option. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what we see now are <clears throat> option contracts where the option could be three days or zero. And to get three days, we're we are typically putting about a thousand plus dollars down to, to show we mean business right. and we want to close. And and that is all because of where our market is now with this high level of competition um, in a multiple offer scenario. Right. And so and then we touched on appraisals. And so what we're seeing is um, buyers ability to back out of a contract is approaching zero. Right. So high earnest money down, which means a lot of skin in the game, little to no option days. And you're you're paying a large amount to get that. And then you're waiving an appraisal. Well, and uh, people that are using financing nine times out of 10, they are selecting the box. It says this is not contingent on me getting financing. That was your second out. So your first out was typically the option, right. which is the strongest out. Um, the second was usually a financing contingency. And again, before COVID, uh, 14 to 18 days, you know, was what we would see very customary on a contract mm -hmm. that's gone to zero. <laughs> um, and then your appraisal was your final, like it needs to appraise at least to a certain amount. I don't have the cash to cover that. And as we just talked about, that's going almost to zero as well. Right. So we went from a seller friendly market to buyers literally having to line up and say, please, please take my best offer I can possibly give you, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, that's where we are. So people are losing homes, the ones that they want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're well-qualified people too, which it makes it hard. Well, you, you know? being, being an agent for them, you, you know, you kind of, 
you feel like you know you're the big brother or sister for them and you want to take care of them and you can't get them and you can't get them the house they want and you kind of you kind of take that personal no no I, mm -mm. you just I go feel to the like next one what, yeah on to the next <laughs> i feel like we've been in this business long enough that we don't get on the roller coaster anymore Do you it's we will it everything happens for a reason well, the, the word we heard this morning was advice, right? And and real estate agents are, are literally advisors. And so- So you're setting your the clients up. Hey, just so you know, well, is what you're it, coming It's about into. managing expectations, right? So yeah. let's say before COVID, let's say a home is priced at $700,000. Um, you've done your market analysis and you firmly believe that the, the accurate price is $680,000. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you submit that, like you said, you expect a counter offer. That was a more- manageable expectation right and then uh, to talk to buyers now it's like okay well here's the information on the table um the the asking price is seven hundred thousand dollars however my broker price opinion is eight hundred and twelve thousand they have 15 offers and they've had showings all day so literally how i advise clients now is if you submit x amount you have a 50 percent chance of success if you submit y amount you have a 75% chance of success. And, and that's how I have to manage it. And, and, you know, obviously every buyer, especially in residential real estate, right? You're talking about a family home, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotion involved and, and anytime buyers are unsuccessful, there's, there's going to be a letdown period. I mean, it's, it, we've just become accustomed to it. Right. Everybody has, I guess. Yes. It's getting beat down. <clears throat> Just kidding. It's getting be it is getting beaten down. <laughs> but we always get back up. <laughs> With so a <laughs> we've had a big shakeup in the mortgage industry, Alan. Why don't yeah, you, uh, we tell have us had a uh, shakeup. Uh, well, I mean, not much, but we have a new uh, leader over uh, Freddie Mac, uh, Mr. DeVito, Michael DeVito. He is from Wells Fargo Bank, 23 years experience. Um, he was uh, over there. Um, he was the EVP and head of the home lending. Mm -hmm. So he's had a little bit of experience right. in this. Um, he had actually retired, and then Freddie Mac went after him and brought him out of retirement. And he starts today. Cool. June 1st, he starts, you know, as the new CEO of Freddie Mac. I'm very curious <clears throat> where the maximum conventional loan is going to go. And if, if this individual is going to, you know, help shift that, right? Because what we saw was very linear increases in what a max conventional was, right? It was mm -hmm. 424,000 for however long when Darlene and I first started, it finally hit $500,000 and now we're what, 517 or uh, somewhere in there. And it's like, okay, um, it, for, the one thing I don't understand is why is it not weighted to different parts of the country? You know, why is a right. max conventional um, in middle America the same as like if you were to try to buy property in San Francisco or Austin, Texas, right? It, it should be different. And and I get that in they have opinion. to have high level of regulations, right? Because you're talking about being federally backed. Right. So um, obviously they, they have to have a lot of structure and stability, but I'm always just very curious how they figure that number out. I mean, it has to be some sort of a uh, uh, very lengthy algorithm on their exposure you know banks exposure and everything else and and how much you can lend on a, a debt to income ratio of the nation i'm assuming i mean this is all very foreign to me but it just seems so interesting to me to watch that maximum conventional and now you know in a market like ours where 548 250 right now there you go 548 yeah. which is still that's a that's anything over it, that you're looking at a jumbo that's correct mm -hmm. yeah. or or non-conventional or non-conventional right so a little words from our uh, new head of new, new guy in charge, Michael DeVito. He says, I am honored to lead a mission-driven company with proven success in making home possible for millions of families over the past five decades. I thank the board for their confidence, and I look forward to getting to know the people and leaders who make Freddie Mac so successful. Working together, I'm certain we can continue to deliver the liquidity, stability, and affordability the house markets need while enhancing our own safety and soundness. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it was written for. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so the the statistic that we're always given, um, you know, from ABOR and 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 from uh, National Association of Realtors, right, is always Fed, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae grouped together. Um, you know, they're eighty something percent of the uh, you know mortgage mm -hmm. portfolios. I've never seen them separate. One point three trillion dollar business. Right. I mean, it's incredible to Top federally back those loans. I just don't know the difference between yeah. <laughs> volume wise of Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. I literally don't. I don't it's know, always been grouped together. 
If y'all want to know that, look it up on Google. <laughs> Google that. Google that. You mean Lugal? <laughs> 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 A little hot tub time machine humor there. Uh, so, um, so we talked about um, Texas as an option state in residential, right? Right. And and um, so Texas is very adamant that we use promulgated forms, right? Mm -hmm. So um, anyone that's bought and sold residential real estate is very used to that form. Right. And, and it's written by the broker lawyer committee for Trek. We all see that. Right. Um, and what's completely opposite is our commercial sector here in Austin, Texas. Right. So uh, there are you can use a promulgated form written by the Texas Associated Real Estate. You 100 percent do not have to. And 99 percent of the commercial real estate is sold not using a promulgated form. It's usually uh, a form written by the attorney um, of the seller or buyer. Right. And so um, whereas what we talked about with option appraisals, all those are standard promulgated forms that we're so used to seeing 100 uh, percent not the case in the commercial sector. Right. And so but we're seeing a similar trend. So in commercial, they have a feasibility analysis, which is the same as due diligence or option. Right. Okay. The way the earnest money goes hard and is more variable mm -hmm. uh, and negotiated. But. Again, we're seeing the same trend where those days, a typical feasibility analysis could be 45 to 90 days. I haven't seen one north of 45 right now. Granted, I don't sell mega skyscrapers or anything with you know volume that require a very, very intense feasibility analysis. But what, what I'm getting Not at yet. is that even those time periods are getting more and more seller friendly and buyers are coming to the table in the commercial sector, multiple offer scenario, and having to put their best foot forward immediately as well. And that that expectation of a counter is is starting to go away as well, right? So uh, the last hotel that was sold, the Grand Duca, just set the record in Austin for price per key, like $433,000 wow. or something per key. And 14 what? offers in 14 offers in a week. Um, what is happening in Austin right now? <laughs> well, what's happening is that we're on the map. We're on yeah, the radar. Yeah. And not only are uh, individuals, you know, looking to buy and sell real estate for themselves, but we also have a, a steady influx of individuals that want to capitalize on our market, right? And so if you combine that with limited amount of product, because supply chains were just completely disrupted during COVID for both the residential sector and commercial, uh, we have a limited amount of supply and a, a very increasing high of demand, right? And so it's, it's driving our real estate. Scott, when you're looking for a, a new barbershop, what comes in? What What do you, uh, as far as the commercial side, is it main cities, major cities? That's a great question uh, because everyone asks us, you know, because we are. Like, where's the next Texas. one going? You know, well, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Just put you on the spot right now. Yeah. I'm going to point my microphone at you as well. <laughs> right, thank you. Um, because a lot of people ask us, you know, once we got out of the state of Texas, why we went to Denver, right? Mm -hmm. And which is a was, great was, location, I heard. It is. It's, and really, I mean, honestly, my business partner and I, when we thought about it, it was like we're going to put it in a Darren city Peterson. That, mm -hmm, that we would love to go, cool, and visit. Right. And obviously, <laughs> Denver is very similar to Austin. It is um, very outdoorsy. Right. You know, we're both love to ski, love all that. So it just cool. seemed like a natural fit. Um, as far as outside and expanding outside of the state of Texas, I mean, you know, we thought of cities like Nashville, again, very similar to Austin. Mm -hmm. oh, that um, would be a great spot. Yeah. No, it's, you know, we see, you know, we, we actually, a couple of years ago, a lot of people with long the, hair in Nashville. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Country. A lot of beards. A lot of beards. <laughs> a lot of beards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, actually we went and um, looked at, at, uh, in Miami as well. Cool. You know, it was just, <laughs> oh, we, we look at demographic, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to go where, you know, the fin what we consider the Finley's guy to live, you know, what that is. It's not a guy that's, you know, looking for just this cheap haircut right you're right you know, they want a whole well you're also experience. heavily influenced with rock and roll i mean like back when i had hair and went to <laughs> finley's i was just immediately impressed when you walk in um you feel at home in austin because it's such a rock vibe you know what i mean it is thank you yeah we in you know that's when we started it i said we're not going to sell haircuts you know, that's not what we're going to do we're going to sell an experience right you know Which we well, like even, you know, the little guy that's joining us today, you know, one day he's going to be a man and we want Finley's to be his place from now until that time. Right. Macavilly's you know, got the, the 
best. He's got rocket right now. Thank the Lord. Well, we'll take him to Finley's. I I had been taking him to a barber shop already because the kid cut places can't do his hair. Not, no, not the way I not the way I want it done. Well, it's interesting, you know, you say that because the amount of anxiety that these little guys have when they go get their hair because they they've had they have experienced a bad time, right? right. You know, so it is fine. My mom or yeah, or I had one of those in the garage where she clipped my ear off, <laughs> like the top. Me? No, my mom. Oh, with literally like literally like the scissors with the orange handle, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mom, don't Those you are, use that for Christmas presents? Yeah, fabric scissors. Yeah. Right. yeah, oh God. <laughs> and you always get the stereotypical, well, you didn't move so much, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you're just sitting there like this. That's funny. Um it's funny you say rock and roll, because when I when I my experience at uh Finley's is I, I, I walk in and I, I kind of feel like I'm walking back into time. We do have this old fashioned feel yeah. to it. I mean, um, it's been real interesting over the the course since 2008, you know, because um, I'm real big on the culture of what's going on inside of my shop. Great. Um, and, and letting that constantly evolve organically through our staff. Right. You know, my staff knows they have a voice. They know they need to use that voice. Some of the best ideas that we've ever used at Finley's have come from our staff um, who work there. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, this is your place. You know, we, you do not work for me. You work with me. You are a partner in this. That's awesome. And we want to hear your creativity. We want to hear this. And so, you know, we, when we very first started, Darren and I were real kind of adamant about just playing like blues and jazz type music, you know, real relaxing. Well, over a period of time that got a little monotonous. Mm -hmm. So then we started like on Fridays, like kicking it up a little bit. And now we're kind of full blown, like not rock and roll all the time, but you know, a little bit more lively. Um, and a lot of that's from the staff, you know, they're like, you know, I'm when here it, nine well, hours out of day, I need, I need some other than this is well, a trumpet. There's a million ways to go and you picked the right one. Man. Okay. Great. <laughs> or just, they can tell like while they're in there, like a certain song will come on. And it really gets the going. vibe changes. Oh yeah. I, the shop. yeah. All of a sudden everybody's like, well, that was like, definitely my first experience. Like, and I, I, I obviously can't remember what song it was, but it was, that's the exact vibe that that you know welcomed me in there and made me keep, keep coming back like so walk it, us through and if you're a new customer of finley's and you walk in walk us through for our listeners what they would you know what they see because online there's pictures on the wall and are those fa is that family or that, that is family that's, that's every, all family that is all family that's so cool, man. All the way from the late 1800s to current, there are pictures of my kids, Darren's, you know, all of our family is in there. So, and you and got it, drinks, we, you got we couches. Do. Oh, we I do. was going to ask if yeah. you had some beverages in there. We're so glad that we're back to that because mm -hmm. COVID did. Oh, it did away with that. They did. How, how did COVID affect Finley's? Oh, it was, it's the first time in my life I literally felt powerless because we had no idea as everyone, I mean, people that were in the restaurant business, sure. people that, you know, um, the fear of not knowing, like, are we going to open next week? Are we going to open next month? Are we, we going to open? open? What's the, what's the regulation? <laughs> exactly. Cause we're, we're obviously, um, you know, governed by TDLR, Texas department of licensing regulations. So okay. not just CDC, we're also, um, with what's going on, um, as far as sanitation protocols and what we have to do and what that recovery time between clients meant, like, mm -hmm. you know, the type of spray that we would have to use on the barber chairs, it would have to sit for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. You know, in the before beginning, someone else gets in. Correct. Now we've got that down you know, we, <laughs> and, and things are starting to loosen back up. And because what COVID did is it took away the Finley's experience. Yeah, it it made us sell haircuts. That's right. <laughs> the experience is gone. It's just now, and now you're just another haircut spot. That's the way it was. Well, well right, right. It yeah. was. And um, and we got feedback, you know, from our guests that would were like, oh, my gosh, you know, we're we missed, you know, that part, you know, because we, we were faced with a challenge. It's like, hey, we're still charging the same, mm -hmm. but we're not providing the same. Sure. So how do we do this? How do we provide for our staff? How do we compensate them? How do we, you know, so with with the challenge, which I've always embraced challenge because it forces me to get creative. <laughs> and we love that as a creative person. Well, as an entrepreneur, um, you're right. You, you don't, know. you know, you, you don't let, not that fear doesn't exist, but fear, you don't let fear creep in. You just start getting creative because it's a lot more fun. 
right? And so we just started coming up with ideas, talking with the staff. We actually did the first, you know, first like uh, month and a half because we we were down to we used to be doing thirty minute haircuts. We were forced to do hour haircuts because we had to have recovery time. Interesting. So to be able to clean and make sure everything was sanitized and safe. And so now, for, so that cuts the stylist's haircuts in half. Well, almost. we doubled their commission. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice for them. Nice. You know, so because we, you know, as a company, we were like, hey, you, without you guys, we're a bunch of barber chairs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't operate, you know, and we make sure our staff knows that. And so we were there to take care of them. I mean, it was so unfortunate. I mean, we furloughed over 300 people. I appreciated people. that. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. And, and they've stuck it out with us. You know, this ride, they didn't have to. Right. You know, there's a choice. They, they have a choice. Home. They could have come from their home. They, anywhere. Yeah. You know, and. And, but, you know, and that's something with our staff as well. You know, I talk about this Finley's experience for the guests, but our staff has to have the Finley's experience. What's mm-hmm. that like? Sure. You know, what's their why every morning? <laughs> you know, do they love coming to work? Why? You mm-hmm. know, it, if it's outside, you know, if you take, you know, the two things which motivate people the most, time and money, you know, Finley's as any, or any employer for that matter, you can only give so much time and you can only give so much money. Mm-hmm. So if you table those two things, think about what else is it that makes you love working here and that's where the culture changes and that's where the ideas come from them of like well if we did this or if we did that and let's do it let's try it let's see how that works you know and again those people love being creative as well you know so it's doing little perks it's Darren and I love to be spontaneous and just send pizza to him one day or nice. Tiff's treats or whatever that may be. Oh, uh, it's funny you mentioned Tiff's treats. Just real quick, we Ashley Cameron, who created Love and Cookies. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, local. Yes. So you got to try them. Love I will. And cookies. I certainly will. Um, we had her on as a guest. Yes, yeah, she was our first oh, right guest. On. Right and, on. And uh, she's opening her own um, baker yes, shop. Yes, she's at a storefront. Bakery uh, storefront. Over um, near Cafe Lago. And so she's right real excited about it, and they deliver. So, well, we will definitely try them out. I, I have a real estate question for you. Sure. So, um, my assumption is that most of your um, salons are um, a commercial lease, right? Correct. In a landlord spot. So, can not to get into the weeds, but what were some of those conversations that you had with your landlords? You know, like what was that like? Yeah. Were they were they being Hey, we know you're struggling. Let's 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 cut this in half and add it later. Or were they like, sorry, we need our money? So great question because that was obviously a very big um, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have any of the landlords that say, "Hey, suck it up." That's good, you right? Know, they they have to be willing. sympathetic. They were, and, and you know, we're long-term tenants, right? You know, we're not a fly-by-night. That's right. You know, we had been there a long time. We're mm-hmm. not going anywhere. So they knew that. So a lot of them were able to, you know, allow us to build things out in the, you know, or build it to the back of the lease. Gotcha. Or pay, pay the, you know. So they knew, you know, I'm very proud, you know, for them. I mean, that they were able to work with us. Right. As long with all the other tenants, you know, because that's the thing with me, too, is um, I know the other tenants in our center. I talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how are you doing? How's your business going? How's this going? You know, how can we, how can I help you? You know, and yeah, is there anything you can put up in my shop to help promote? That's nice. Absolutely. That's nice. Um, and they do the same for us, you know, as well. So kind of, you know, going in and, you know, I knew as if I was a landlord, the last thing you want your tenants to do is leave. Right. You know, especially during, a, you know, if, you know, it's not all the time if you've got a, you know, a, you know, a barbershop that the barbershop leaves and another barbershop wants to come right in immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially during COVID. Sure. You know, so if a, if a tenant did want to come in, I'm sure that landlord's going, well, I'm going to have to spend this to redo it. To, you they know, have TI vacancies. Money. They have TI. Right. I mean, so they knew. That's right. They knew. And I'm super proud for them. You know, again, it was something that helped us rest a little easier. Yeah. To roll night. it into the back of the lease is kind of the more traditional response. That's what, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I would expect them to do. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, obviously, you know, as familiar as you are with commercial leases, no, we do report you know, our numbers to them so they can see, you know, one month you're, you know, February, of, right. you know, 2020, we we're top of our game. Sure. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, gotta just look, gotta know, look sharp. You know, yeah. Right. Pre COVID. Right. And then yeah. you've got, you know, March, April numbers coming in that are basically zero. Mm-hmm. 
well not march but you know when we got when we had to shut that's yeah, right for a whole month you know almost. you go from 100 miles an hour to zero and then then you're starting to have to rebuild and we've been with very mass blessed. mandates mm -hmm. with capacity mandates right all this stuff to where it's like do you want us to survive exactly you know right well i i mean i'm very thankful for our governor right and mm -hmm. um obviously we're all here in the lake travis community as well being um on the forefront of making the changes as they Just became getting available the, getting right? uh, I mean, yeah getting us back to normal mm -hmm. um so again with the finley's um experience walk us through it they walk in it, you know, so I, I, we get asked this question all the time, <laughs> you know, and usually my response is it's kind of funny because I'm like, you almost have to go in and taste it. Sure. You know, it's like me trying to say, man, have you ever tasted this spaghetti sauce? Like, it's got this, it's got <laughs> right, this, right, but right. until you actually taste sure. it, right, until you feel it, you know, but from when a guy walks in who's never been to a Finley's, you know, it's the way the place smells. It is the music that's going on. It's the way you're greeted. It's, you know, that you are offered a beverage. It's that... You know, it is a welcome here, you know, of it's almost I, I always say, you know, guys hopefully go in and they feel the relief. Yeah, it's not a salon. It, well, and just that, you know, because I always said that and still say, you know, you don't need to guess whether or not you're going to get a good haircut. You just know. That's our par. I mean, that's what we do. Right. It's I've always kind of poked at those and say. We cut really good hair. Well, you better. <laughs> you know, because I don't know if I, you know, should we have to advertise that we cut really good hair? Like, no, that's just what we do. Yeah, right. right. That's yeah. our, that's, that's, what, that's our why. We get up and go. Um, that's great. But, you know, what can we do that is above and beyond that expectation? It's a true escape, right? Well, yes. and I, I feel like Austin in particular and the other communities that you mentioned where you've expanded to, and that demographic you're talking about are the type Austin is definitely a city that people are, they want to pay for the quality. They want to pay for that experience. You know what I mean? And, um, I know I certainly do that. Yeah. His partner says online says guys have to come to appreciate the personal service, the hot towels, the scout massage, the aromatherapy and the camaraderie. It's a true escape, you know, and that's from Darren, your partner. Um, yeah. and I, that is the experience I've always had there. Um, I like the TV in the back, you know, you, you can relax there as you're waiting. It's not like you're sitting there on your phone. You, it's, it's an escape from the world to where you can get in there and just be, you know, and, and the barbershop pole. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, it kind of, that's, that's iconic. Brian. It I is. I got iconic. one in my house. <laughs> I love that. You know, we do. It's the, actually the new buyer commented on the barber pole and her son loves this thing, you know, and I'm like, well, that may. We may have to package that in the deal. For yeah. You, you know, have a deal. Um, and a little bit of your background, you and your wife, Erica, actually had your own, uh, your own salon, Salon U? We did for a long time. Yeah, we did. Back in the uh, 90s? Nah, we we started that in in the 2000s. And that was here in Lakeway? That was. That was. And uh, that was great. And the reason we kind of got out of that side, once I went full-time Finley's, um, she kind of got a little taste of of – kind of running the business on a different side with me absent and she really didn't enjoy that part of it and as an owner entrepreneur or anything like that you know if you're not enjoying it then it becomes the job mm -hmm. 100 yeah, and the grind and then you're just you're you're being pulled and so we ended up um selling that and um and it it still exists it's not so on you anymore it's actually changed hands a couple times and I'm so proud of this girl named Fran Massey. She now runs that spot. It's called Southern Roots. And she okay, used to, way, way, way back when, she actually used to be a receptionist of ours. Oh, really? And um, <laughs> I kind of talked her into going to beauty school. Anyway, long story short, now she owns her own business. That's, that's great. In that spot. And she's doing phenomenal. So That's great. Really yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, thanks for coming today, man. Absolutely. Uh, thanks. We've got some gift cards to hand out to, to friends and people that are uh, – Maybe not have ever been to Finley's. Um, so where are all your locations? How so many? eight, eight here in Austin. Eight in Austin. Um, we've got three in Dallas, three in the Denver area, and then one in Houston. Cool. Which is your top one? Which, uh, which is your flagship? Flagship would probably be downtown here in Austin, yep. on Third Street. Mm -hmm. That's the one I used to go to. Yeah, it's right next to the W. And, and oh, okay, that's the one over there by Tavernas. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. It, that whole Second Street district is just such a cool vibe, and you know that that storefront is just so cool. Mm -hmm. And we've it, we we we're super stoked to with COVID coming to what we consider hopefully an end. Um, yeah. But we you know we used to pre-COVID we always got asked for you know film companies to use our space. They wanted to come in and use a portion we just had this happen oh really a few weeks ago texas walker ranger came in and wanted to <laughs> rent our shop out for a couple days cool that's awesome so we man. did and we don't know if we'll make the cut there but um that's fun no pun intended fun. no right exactly <laughs> ah, yes yes uh, um but you know we when people do ask that question like if you haven't been downtown it's like downtown lives on its own island that's correct mm -hmm. you know and so when you go down there this vibe like if you walk into the lakeway finley's and then I immediately transported you to the downtown and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Where mm -hmm. am I at? You know, maybe it's the same tradition, same stuff that we do, but the vibe is just completely different. Yeah. The downtown one is a lot more boutique and more intimate, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's like, it's got its own. Just pulse. hugs you when you walk in. Oh, oh, man, it's got this Friday afternoon cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the dudes I worked with had the beards, you know, mm -hmm. they're like hipsters. Mm -hmm. Right. You right. Know? And, uh, you know, we would go there Friday for lunch. And like you said, when you come out of it, it's, it's like you have a second half to your day. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that was Scott Finley, the man with the best hair in Austin, by oh. the way, <laughs> dude, I love your hair. Thank you. So envious. Shouldn't be envious, but I am. If I am, I know Brian is. <laughs> all right on to the next uh right, he's rocking here. this cool hat though <laughs> I, you know, I, I need one of these hats. Got, i'll get you one yeah i'm making a whole bunch you got yeah. green white orange any color yeah, my friends at stitch gallery are making them right now <laughs> right be ready in about a week all the colors cameo or that cameo the uh camouflage <laughs> <laughs> you can't even see the mclean it's, it's kind of like a pun you know because uh the mclean realty is camouflaged on the camouflage hat so there He's like, go. can you see it? I'm like, no, I can't. It's camouflaged in there. I can't see it. Um, so yeah, we've had some interest. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, y'all actually at Finley's, you can go in and you have product uh, shirts and hats, or we we did. You you can still buy them online mm -hmm. right now. Uh, I like the we, one you have on now. Thank you. Uh, we are gonna be, be putting those back, all the merchandise back into okay. the Good. shops, you know, stuff like that. I want to get one of those shirts. We, we were we were actually pleasantly surprised because when we came out with these, you know, it was more for staff, you know, and then all of a sudden the community was like, Hey, where can I get one of those? And I'm like, well, we don't really. Sell. So it just kind of sparked. Okay. Yeah. Let's start selling them. And uh, it was real interesting. We, a couple Christmases ago for the staff, we got them all sweatshirts. And so we had, you know, probably 10, 15 left over. And of course my two teenage boys like, Hey dad, can I get one of those? Can I get one? Like, yeah, cool. Sure. All of a sudden. Did they wear them to school. Oh, and now all of a sudden it became a commodity at school. <laughs> like, hey, where can I get one of these Finley's hoodies? Where can I get one of these? And um I love a good hoodie. Yeah. I really do. And they are oh, they're I'm super, the exact they're super opposite, man. You don't like a good hoodie? No. <laughs> oh, I love a hoodie. <laughs> no. With the pockets in front, the hoodie no, in the back. No, dog. Brian I, made me get rid of all of mine. You know what I hate about hoodies? What do you hate about hoodies? So <laughs> um I'm about to throw you out of here. Because <laughs> because our weather, like changes temperature so rapidly and when you go from indoor to outdoor i like stuff that you can quickly shed you know what i mean like whereas a hoodie you're like oh excuse me guys well i just you know, like, so you need the zip up hoodie yeah i mean that's yeah. fine if it has a zipper or like something or you just cut the sleeves off he's yeah. just so particular. oh yeah just go bill belichick style yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cut the sleeves off. it's so funny because i'm i normally show property to a husband and a wife and they're like okay so this is her closet and this is also half her closet <laughs> if there's two closets and i'm like my husband and i are the exact opposite he has He's got all Dude, the closets. You have a you have an outfit for everything. I That's will true. Say, Brian, I, I mean, it. he has an outfit. For, I mean, right now that is a, one of the best golf outfits. And your hat matches your belt and your shoes. I mean, it's just it, you. You can de definitely dress yourself. You know what the secret is? <laughs> all that? my friends ask me like, "How do you do it?" And I said, "All right, I'm gonna tell you the one thing you need. What? A mirror." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, we got some some good uh, local updates. Um, we got some cliffhangers. I, we do. Um, it's so time for the cliffhanger. First, let's let's talk globally 
with with real estate, right? I, I read an article over the weekend and it really kind of intrigued me. And it's it's talking about the baby boomer baby boomer generation, right? And so right. which I is think, what when were they born? Baby boomers. Uh just after the well second world war. Yeah. Right. And so I think everyone now is hyper-focused on millennials because they're the ones entering the real estate market, although that is a very uh, low percentage, um, de definitely less than half of millennials, right? And and so we're combining that with baby boomers. Um, the stat that I read, which is, an, is very intriguing, 10,000 baby boomers retire every day, right? And so- Wow. Um, and it's, they, <laughs> I thought you were going to say 10,000 baby boomers die every day. Uh, <laughs> I was like, whether they retire, a little morbid. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, um, it, they, they have 65% of our nation's wealth tied up in, in different type of assets mm -hmm. and they own 44% of the real estate in this country. And That's so, um, obviously, you know, I always think if you're in retirement, you're in kind of a last chapter of your life or, yep. or, or close. Right. Yep. Um, and so. What we now know is that, especially during COVID, the, the normal transition for retirees was to um, sell the you know larger home that they had and either downscale into a, a condominium type or, or go into a retirement home. And that is that effectively all went away during COVID, right? The, uh, the retirement communities had a, a very significant impact um, and um, these baby boomers are holding these assets. And then all of a sudden we have to assume over the course of a decade or two, they're just all going to be released into the inventory nationwide. Right. Right. Combined with baby boomers that are growing up, not really wanting large homes. They don't really desire that. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a lot of people trying to predict what that trend is going to do. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, these baby boomers, which is interesting, or not the baby boomers, the millennials, um, they they tend to be more minimalistic. They they tend to be uh, lighter travelers and and they all have dogs. Right. But um, and so everyone thought that millennials will buy homes because so many of them have dogs. But what's happening now is just that the uh, the areas where they rent or the areas where they go are just you know more dog friendly. Right. right. And, but they're not really buying. Um, and so that's something obviously we we're not going to be able to strike a hammer to it today, but it, it's definitely a trend that a lot of people are, are trying to figure out what the, the nationwide impact is going to be. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know like us right now, I'm looking at homes. Um, obviously, you know, the market being as crazy as it is, but when we're looking online, which I think that is all, uh, whoever these photographers are for you real estate guys are pretty awesome because they're right. real creative with that. <laughs> um, but literally every single, down to every single square foot, we're looking at the functionality of that room. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> why do you have three dining rooms? <laughs> right. What can I turn that into? That's right. You know, is right. that going to be my yoga studio? Like what's going on? You know, that millennial kind of thing. Like, is that going to be my AC doghouse? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. But it, it has gotten to that functionality part yes. of, you know, we, my wife and I was real interesting when we were showing our home, we rented a, like these two tiny houses. Oh yeah. Weekend. You told me about that. Yeah. So in Lakeway, right? In Lakeway, down in Graveyard Point, a guy named Pat Walsh owns his freaking awesome i love pat walsh I grew and, up right next to him. yeah so, that's right yeah, yeah. he's awesome yeah. right yeah. and I know so he's got well. these two tiny homes that he let us get over the week you know and we so we stayed friday night saturday night sunday night and it was kind of a little taste of well honey if we don't find a place to live <laughs> this might be <laughs> <laughs> we might be buying some tiny homes and finding some property and, and it, the functionality is awesome right i mean it, it does work sure you know? and now that's over uh graveyard point is, is it an airbnb I believe my wife booked it. I'm sure it is, or a VRBO, you know, mm -hmm. that, yeah. But yeah, it's incredible. Super Airbnb's cool. had a great weekend this past weekend. Oh, they're killing it. <laughs> oh, man. But I know we talked about them before, but geez, this past weekend was huge. Apparently, I'm the key of taking a single word and like creating a conversation. But yeah, go ahead. The, the word is dining room, right? So, <laughs> you know, for our generation, you would walk in and you would see a formal living room from the 80s and be right. like, what am I going to do here? Tear this wall down or something. Mm -hmm. And now, the dining room is the next thing to be phased out. I mean, what what is more functional is a very, very large, large island room. breakfast area that invites the kitchen to the main area. Um, you know, and 
I literally grew up um, in Houston and my my mom's home, my grandmother's home was very, very old fashioned. Literally the kitchen, you had to walk through those bifold <laughs> doors and it was like hidden, like like women are supposed to be trapped in there, you know, and you bring the food out, you know, like get in there. And just think about the way that was. And there was and and now Don't everything is just so open and the dining room is, is going to be phased out. In fact, well, it's funny you say that. One of our friends of ours just built a house out in the way out uh, in Horseshoe Bay, and it's a great house. Nice size living room. The kitchen has what? A big island. Right. And there is no dining room. They have, right. a, they have a space next to the island that's big, but there's no table. It's just open space with a big island. That room is now going to be the second office, or like you said, some sort of um, work from home element mm -hmm. that allows your live work experience uh, to increase, right? I mean, home gyms are that's right, are massive. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I see some of these on because I literally you need to start hitting the gym, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> we actually work at the same gym, it's too strong. Uh, you know, but seeing I, again, look at all these pictures through that I'm scrolling through, mm -hmm. it seems like you know, 24 hours a day, and you see these home gyms that people are putting in they're just i'm like i want this just because of the gym like does that gym come with it right you know <laughs> i need all of that and again i think it's down to the functionality of of homes that it's what i'm seeing i That's know right. our home, new age home mm -hmm. it's got that mirror workout thing i've all seen that that is oh gosh yeah yeah Have it you is use it? uh one of my friends uh, the guy who actually built macarthur's he has one and i mean it's it's the coolest thing ever really is i'm just nervous so there's an initial buy-in cost and then you basically have a monthly cost monthly membership and then yeah. you have to have like software updates and stuff. Yep. And I've, yeah. well, I that's how they hook the panic you. button. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Panic, panic, panic. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll just buy a mirror <laughs> work out in front of it, put my phone next to it. There I have, it's right there. Um, but yeah. All right. So real quick, uh, there's a new thing going up in over in Lakeway. It's in, uh, I was like, Oh, what are they building now? This is great. Because next to it is a storage unit, right? Mm -hmm. So guess what's going up? A storage, a storage unit, <laughs> right next door to another storage unit. <laughs> oh gosh! Which is an, it's kind of like and there's C another storage unit a mile away. CVS and Walgreens are always across the street from one another. Exactly. It's, I mean, do, do you deal with that? Do you ever get a barbershop right next to y'all? Or a salon? Uh, yeah. Well, I the mean, way their it, leases are structured, they can't allow exact like for like. Now. In yeah. the center, correct. But yeah, I mean, I would assume a, a more female um, spa type one would be fine. And that might be a good Actually, compliments. Yeah. Right. That would it, be a good tandem. Have you thought about that? But Doing a Finley's salon? Or call it not Finley. <laughs> <laughs> not the a barber shop. Over here. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. We, you know, my wife just retired. You know, 26 years of being behind the chair, cutting, you know, predominantly. She's done my hair. She's done my daughter's hair. Yeah. And um, it is, you know, that was predominantly all through my my whole career behind the chair was women's hair. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most, the only guys hair that I would cut prior to us opening a Finley's were the husbands of the wives that made their husband come to me. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, you got to go to Like, Scott. you're going here to get a good haircut right and that's how finley's actually evolved was these guys would sit in my chair in the salon and i'm like well where do you get your haircut and they would just no, say no, no, some no. random place yeah. like, mm -hmm. oh, I just, and i would ask them well why do you go there had nothing to do with price sure had nothing to, i never just I, I, they looked at getting a haircut kind of like mowing the grass like, oh, i gotta get a haircut i'm like i'm, like, I'm used like to working I'm, yeah well and i'm used to women planning the birth of their child around their hair appointment. Oh, yes. Like, it's that important. Oh, yes. And I'm sitting in, in your, and I would ask these guys questions. I'm like, well, did you, like, when you go to this place, this certain place, do you expect to get a good haircut? They're like, no. And I'm Just like, a well, haircut. I'm like, so you're telling me you're going in knowing it's going to be bad and you're going to pay for it. I'm like, this market is wide open. Right. <laughs> like, like, I can fail and still succeed. Light like, bulb. What's going on here? <laughs> this is incredible. Right? That's hilarious. So let's stop selling haircuts and let's start selling experiences. Mm -hmm. Let's build relationships. Let's get out in the communities and meet people. And Yeah, you and probably got people that have been coming to you for decades. Decades, yes. My dad has. 
with General Affiliate since you guys opened in Lakeway. Awesome. Was, and he, he refused to go anywhere knows else. Dad. Is that he where you get your haircut, him. Harrison? I get my haircut at the cheapest place I can buy. <laughs> See? And he knows it's going to be bad. But now he's got a gift card. And oh, yeah. We're going to get him up. We're gonna That's gonna, we're do you have a junior rate? <laughs> not for that guy. <laughs> I'm 12, <bro. laughs> He's not a junior. Oh, come on. That guy we do, right? Yeah, right, right. Machiavelli. Look at him. <laughs> um real quick uh so <laughs> hit on prop b a little bit for downtown because mm-hmm. i was there this past weekend right. over near your shop um <laughs> okay we talked about before how long it was going to take how long it took one to get the you know to get austin where it is now right and then well, how just, long they just finished phase one they just so they're moving on to one. phase two yeah and phase two is pretty much going to be the removing right or no or more ticketing citations yeah, citation. right. yeah. um well the protesters have said all right you know what we're just going to come literally in your backyard. We're at the city hall and they are, it's all around city hall. What part of downtown were you? Where you at? Uh, city hall. Cesar Chavez. Okay. Cesar so Chavez. I, I was in Lady uh, Bird Lake. Riverside. I had a date there the other day. And mm. Mm. we, oh, we, uh, we got to get back to up. that. Uh, <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, no, same date. Oh, okay. <laughs> but so I was driving by Riverside and Riverside started looking like. She was the only one that didn't know it was a date. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and so I was driving by Riverside, and I was like, oh, wow. It's starting to get, like, most of them are starting to move out and leave. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's still a problem here, but it's it's gotten a lot better. And then I turn on Cesar Travis, I'm like, oh, no. They, right, yeah, no it, it's, it's gotten insane. worse. It's like it's. I read an crazy. article that um, I guess a lady that works for City Hall uh, was confronted. And so now what you have are not only the collection of the tents, but they effectively have bodyguards. They have their own security. With, with weapons. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. Yes. The tenters have their own security. Right. Yeah. It's not city hall security. That's right. <laughs> that sounds the, expensive. <laughs> no, it's not. They're no? actually, uh, no, they're, they're paid on rolls, bread rolls. Oh. <laughs> it's not expensive nice. at all. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how you, you, there's no removing of them because then they, they all form together as a, their own police, if you will. And having a shop next, has, has it ex- affected business? Not really. Um, I think, you know, you're, you're downtown person, whether he, he or she, if they live downtown or they work downtown, they it, know it's expected. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of part of the scene now, right? Is, is it inconvenient? Yes. I mean, it's an eyesore at point, you know, it's, I don't really take a stance on it, right? It, right? It's one of these things. It's like, hey, these, you know, we need to figure it out, right? You know, exactly. they're they're using a voice at this point to, you know, especially when it's right there on City Hall. It's pretty, actually, it's pretty. It was impressive. a party the other it's day. Kind of like, wow, I mean, they, they had to they set had, up a camp here. Like, they right. had a jukebox. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was jamming. I was enjoying. We were on the patio, the, and it's like you said, it's you're not. You're, it's entertainment. I mean. They were yeah, dancing. The, the rain. It was pouring down rain, a, and they're in the street dancing. I'm not a fan of people brandishing weapons. Period. For, like I, I, I have a 15 year concealed handgun license. I don't want to get into guns, but like seeing weapons drawn in public, it doesn't matter who you are. That is it's scary. scary. Yeah, it's it's disturbing the police, the peace. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, it's unfortunate that that's where I feel like it's headed. And now it looks like where we all were curious how this was going to play out. I don't think anyone saw this coming. You know, well, uh, we'll hit that up on the next on the next uh, episode five here. Uh, I want to thank Scott Finley again thank you guys. for coming out, man. Great guest, Finley Thank you. Thank you. Fifteen locations, eight here in Austin. You know, go check them out. Three in Dallas. One in, one in Denver. Three in Denver. Oh, three in Denver. Wow. Yeah, three in Denver. One and in Houston. One in Houston. Yeah. Thanks awesome, for man. being here, Scott. Thank you yeah. guys. Uh, you can find me at Alan MacArthur. Uh, you can find me at CapitalHomeMortgage.com backslash my team Austin. Where can we find y'all? We are at McLeanResidential.com and McLeanCommercial.com. Finley, where can we find you? Yeah, Finley'sBarbershop.com. It's that simple. Easy peasy. And you can make reservations and all that from there? From there. It's easy. From your phone. You can also yeah. buy that shirt from I'm going too. to donate my $50 gift card so that Harrison doesn't come to podcast with hair like this. <laughs> I woke up late. I didn't get it's to funny. do it. It's funny. When he showed up today, I'm like, of course, on the day where we have a barbershop guy. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's not what <laughs> you do. You should have cut his hair on the on, you on know, air. On air, air yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, this, I mean, but look at his hair. He's it got great hair. Great I got hair. excellent hair. I mean, the canvas here. It's, yeah. it's the Elvis Phenomenal. Presley. It needs to you know, be tamed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got to do that today. <laughs>
That's Where how they, he showed up to his date. As it is no, how, I looked. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked a lot better. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he, he was groomed. Yeah. yeah. Where can we find you, Harrison? You can find me at Harrison Sells Austin on Instagram. I'm sure I have something on McLean Realty. Uh, Real quick, I'd like congratulations again for uh, Thank you. signing with uh, Brian and Dara. And there, oh, yeah. how's it going? It's going well. I had a appointment or a training the other day with Connor, and uh, I think we're doing another thing tomorrow after our meeting or whatever. And you're looking for listings. You're looking we're looking for, for listings, anything, buyers, right? anything and everything, leases, anything to get. Just start. Well, I hope you get that one listing in uh, Horseshoe Bay. Horseshoe Bay, yeah. I'm gonna well, do some research on that right, right. after this and. Well, I guess uh, that brings us to the end, guys. Episode four. It's yeah. already episode four. Next thing you know, it'll be episode 400. We'll have Scott back. Hey, yeah, he'll, be at th- he'll be at 30 uh, barbershops. <laughs> be, in, be in Miami, be in Nashville. Well, just hopefully I'm not living in a tent down by the, <laughs> down by the <laughs> river. Dancing in the rain. <laughs> Long hair. Oh, you let your hair grow up. That's nice. <laughs> All right, man. Well, until next time. All right. Thanks, we'll see guys. You. Thanks, Bye, everybody. See you.